This is Jules, your host of the All Things Ice and Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode, in which I sat down and had a very insightful conversation with Hatla Olafsdottir. One of the main things we discussed is why young Icelanders are finding it appealing to move out of the Reykjavik area and into the countryside. Hatla has a BA in Icelandic language and creative writing at the University of Iceland. And later, she ended up getting her MA in Visual and Media Anthropology from the Free University of Berlin. She was born and raised in Reykjavik, and after going to school abroad, she moved back to Iceland in 2014. Interestingly enough, when she came back, she decided to move to Isafjörður in 2015. And we definitely get into why that was her choice. And while in Isafjörður, she began working for the news and other programs of RUV, which is the National Broadcasting Service, in the West Fjords region. It was fascinating for me to hear what she felt as a driving force for young people like herself to move to more remote places of the country. It certainly was not what I was expecting to hear as a trend in Iceland, but after the discussion and living in Isafjörður for three weeks... I can see why there is a growing number of people gravitating towards the countryside. So there's one big announcement I'd like to share. I'm incredibly proud of this and also was quite shocked that it happened. And that is that the All Things Iceland podcast and YouTube channel has won an award here in Iceland, specifically from the town of Mosfetspide, where I live. I was awarded with an Equal Rights Award. And I was presented with the award on Tuesday, September 15th. The reason I was given this award is because I've been sharing experiences of different foreign nationals on this podcast and YouTube. It's an honor for me to share those stories and to shine a light on diversity in this country. And I'm just incredibly grateful that my town, Mosfetspeid, sees the value in that work. So I thank them from the bottom of my heart for presenting me with this award and also for helping to uplift diverse voices in our community. Because of COVID, the ceremony was done virtually. So normally they every year they have like a big ceremony, but this time I met with the mayor of Molso and a few other people in order to receive the award in the library here. And then they just filmed that kind of like small ceremony and put that in the newspaper and kind of shared it with the community here. And on my Instagram, which is All Things Iceland, I have a picture of me with the award, which includes a wooden flower that I'm holding, and that was made at Ausgarder Handwerkstede, which is a place in Mosul where people with mental and physical challenges make awesome artwork, toys, and other things from wood and other materials. Also included, though, was an amazing basket of vegetables, which I've already devoured, and some beautiful flowers. It's so awesome to be able to say that this podcast is an award-winning podcast. So, super cool. And thank you to all of you who have been listening and shown interest in hearing these different types of stories. Before jumping into the interview, though, I would like to give a shout-out to Julia. She is one of the newest members of Ausgarder Tier in the All Things Iceland community on Patreon. 
Julia and other members in the community are helping to support the evolution of all things Iceland, and I greatly appreciate it. As a member, you get exclusive content from me that is only published on that platform. To find out more and to join, please go to patreon.com forward slash all things Iceland. Of course, that link will be in the show notes. Thank you for sitting down with me to talk about this fascinating trend that mm-hmm. is going on. And before we jump into that, I always like to get to know the person a little bit more, at least for the audience, because we've yeah. had a chance to talk <laughs> outside of recording. So mm-hmm. if you can just give us a little background about where you grew up and how you found yourself in Isafjörður. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, I uh, am from Reykjavík. I was born in Reykjavík and lived in Reykjavík um, almost almost my whole childhood. But I had parents that moved uh, sometimes abroad. Okay. So when I was three and four years old, I lived in the States. And uh, when I was 11 in Canada... And then I went as an exchange student to Peru when I was 18. Nice. Um, yeah, so, but when I wasn't abroad, I always lived in the same house in Reykjavík. Okay. But then uh, I I studied in the university in Iceland, of Iceland, uh, Icelandic and uh, creative writing. Okay. I did my bachelor there. And then I was working as a flight attendant for a year-ish before I moved to Berlin, where I lived for three years and did my master's. And I studied uh, visual and media anthropology. Oh, interesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, so they didn't ask for any like specific bachelor degree for it. Okay. It was it was a like very uh, diverse group of people studying. Um, that together but like great people and I, I often say that I didn't learn less from my co-students that I, than I did from the teachers okay, okay. Um, so I was there it was two years uh, my studies and I did my final project in Greenland nice yeah, yeah. Uh, and then after that I I somehow ended back in Iceland so I loved living in Berlin as a student. Mm-hmm. It was great, a very vibrant and fun city to live in, and yeah. the quality of life for students is great. Um, but after I finished my studies, I I struggled with finding a job, which is very common in Berlin after you graduate. Oh, it's a very competitive environment. Yeah, it yeah. is, and also because my mother tongue is neither German nor English, I kind of felt that. Um, and my studies were so like up in the air, you know, what is visual anthropology? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask that, but I was yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what everyone asks. And when you start the studies, you're like, what is this? What is visual anthropology? And when you finish the studies, you're like, what is this? What is visual anthropology? <laughs> you kind of can't answer it okay. after two years of it. But I will try to explain, okay. <laughs> sp- explain it to you. Um, yeah, so I had been kind of looking for jobs and I was I felt like I was always just like applying for jobs and there was of course I could do some internships but that also kind of requested that you would have to have a side job to kind of be able to live from it yeah and then um, I decided just to apply for a job in Iceland part-time or like a summer job as a park ranger yeah 
um, and I got that job and I went to the highlands of Iceland and worked for a few months and somehow I just I didn't go back to Berlin I just had so many things to do in Iceland there were quite many projects I got very involved in and yeah I got quite a lot of work freelance work and, and I didn't it wasn't as much of an effort and in the end I wanted to be spending my time doing something with my studies instead yeah. of spending my time applying for jobs right which was not what I studied to do right. <laughs> so somehow I was just back in Iceland and I didn't I didn't necessarily have to live in Reykjavik even though I had uh, lived in Reykjavik most of my childhood I I felt like Reykjavik had changed quite a bit yeah. in those four years so I lived abroad from 2010 to 14 okay so in that period of time uh, tourism in- increased a lot so the kind of atmosphere in Reykjavik had changed a lot and yeah. I kind of felt a little bit like a, a tourist as well mm. uh, I I had some things that I held on to and and there was just I was I was such a guest in, in Reykjavik. I was like, Oh my god, all these new places yeah. and all these new restaurants and, it, and in a way it was not that familiar to me anymore. Okay. So I was like, I don't have to be here, I can go wherever. So when there was a job opening here in Isafirder to become a um, kind of like a regional reporter for the National Broadcasting Service. Yeah. I applied for it and they needed a person that would be able to write and and do radio, news pieces and all sorts of things and television as well. And kind of bits and pieces of everything. Yeah. Um, and who does visual anthropology. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's absolutely. Essentially that like helped the, a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, I, I was like, familiar with working on uh, doing camera stuff as well so that's part of what we did in the in the studies so so I got the job and just decided to move to Isafirder because I I was like why why not so I didn't plan to stay here for that long but I'm still here five years later wow yeah And I'm just wondering, and you mentioned, I know, I know there are new places that were in Reykjavik, but was it kind of feeling like a smaller town before the boom? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And that's the feeling that you were yeah. missing. Mm, yeah, but it's it was it was quite interesting because it was, if you went to downtown, for example, on a party night, on a Friday or a Saturday, you kind of knew where you would meet mm-hmm. people. Like, if I went, I did a lot of, like, theater when I was in in high school and until um, I was maybe 24 or something like that. Um, and if I want to meet like people from a theater group, I would kind of know where they would be. Right. Or the people that I knew from high school, where they would be. Right. It kind of, you could map out a little bit the, the places people would hang out. And, and it was very cozy and, you know you knew it quite well and there were no big surprises ever (laughs) but then it was just there was just so much more people yeah and it's it's not necessarily bad we have much more uh, diversity now of people in general yeah and I think that's also a good thing so it was just a different city yeah and I didn't feel like uh, I needed to be there I was just so open to checking out other places and um 
in Iceland. Yeah. Had mm. you ever felt before that you wanted to live outside of Reykjavik before, you know, coming back mm. at that time? I remember that because in, in Iceland, we, at least my generation, we used to, like, every every summer we would find a summer job. Mm-hmm. And there were plenty of jobs on the in the countryside. But I was always like, no, I'm not going anywhere. I, I don't want to miss out on, on the yeah. Icelandic Reykjavik summer. Yeah. So I never went uh, to the countryside to work during summers. But some people did. Yeah. Because I, I felt I was always missing out. But when you've lived abroad for quite a while, you kind of see things in a different context. Yeah. And you see, like, wow, like we have such an interesting country. And we have, like, all this... Um, beautiful landscape and, and the highlands all that and yeah. and you see like it, at, yeah at the end like it's not necessarily Reykjavik that is a special thing in, right, yeah. in Iceland it's it's kind of the, the the country and the nature and all that yeah and definitely. you see it like from a from a from a wider angle somehow. yeah and like you mentioned being international and you you're quite international I would say for yeah. maybe a lot of people here meaning maybe, like yeah your parents were living somewhere else, yeah. you know, for a while, and then you also went to different countries. Mm. So that must, I'm sure, in some way that plays into it that you mentioned, like, coming back and having greater appreciation for the countryside Absolutely. as well, yeah. um, which is pretty cool. And so I'm just thinking, like, transitioning into the fact that, you know, what this <laughs> podcast episode yeah. is mostly about regarding younger, the younger generations moving outside of Reykjavik. I mean, maybe yeah. people have similar stories like you, meaning like they they were international and kind of were like, why don't I know my country better? Or why haven't I yeah. had, had that lived experience? Or maybe it's something more. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering what your thoughts are around why would it be that, you know, when it seems that Reykjavik would potentially be the desirable place for people to live, especially young yeah. people, because yeah. there's like a lot more vibrancy and ass- assumingly, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's, I think what most people would think is that the countryside, you'd be yeah. lacking and stuff. So what? But that's what's happened. That happens everywhere in the yeah. world. That happens everywhere. That young people want to move to the big cities, and often that also just need to move to the big cities. Yeah. But of course, there are like quite many factors that, like, do affect us. And but I've seen that con- like that happening quite often. That people that have been living abroad, mm-hmm. they see that if they move back. They want to live in the countryside. I I know a few examples like that. Yeah. Um. I think mostly it's just because they find the quality of life in the villages much more appealing. Mm. Um. In Reykjavik, it, we have, like, for example, if you want to have a family life, and I think, I think maybe my story is not very typical because many of those young people, which I want to call young. Uh, are also young families, but yeah, we do okay. have kids very young in Iceland. Yeah, there are like a lot of lot of young people before they turn thirty, they already have a family. Right. Yeah. Um. So, I think they um they get a little may might get a little bit frustrated some people in Reykjavik because the distances can be quite like long and and might people might have to go quite far to like bring kids to ballet or mm. violin lesson and, and they find themselves kind of driving back and forth, being stuck in traffic. Yeah. So much more than you expect for a city that isn't bigger than 250,000 yeah. people. It's but a that lot jammed in there. It is. And somehow, like, the traffic is horrible. <laughs> yeah. 
Like you're always stuck in traffic, both mornings and and in the afternoon. And if you need to do some like, like go to different places, run some errands, like in the afternoon, forget about it. Yeah. So that I think that's something that people just get this suffocating feeling about. Yeah. And want to live a a, a little like more um, relaxed life where kids can kind of find their self ways. Yeah. self which is what we did when I was a kid like I would mm. go everywhere by myself I would take the bus by myself but that's also something that might have changed yeah the kids that are eight years old they don't take the bus right. by themselves yeah. but I did that when I was a kid so I, maybe that's also the mentality that has changed a little bit but here in, in Isafir the kids run around and go where they need to go by themselves and the parents can kind of just like be at work or do whatever they need to do and yeah so I think that's a lot of like it's both freedom for parents and and kids yeah and the proximity to everything is so much closer I mean here the town downtown area area, I guess you would call it right yeah (laughs) it's everything is in walking distance yeah and so it's like okay your kid's school is there maybe your job is like two blocks away or maybe even like five minute ten minute walk yeah it's super easy yeah. It's almost kind of weird. Like, I'm I'm not used to being in situations like that. So, mm-hmm. like, for me, going from New York to Reykjavik, it's like, wow, this is, this is nice. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, taking a big break. Yeah. Um, so then coming here, it's, it's like, whoa. Yeah. yeah, it feels like you're pulling all the way back. Which, yeah. like you mentioned, for some people is really what's needed. And also, it's relative, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the way but you I it guess to. it really depends also on places. And... So there has been trend, both people just moving a little bit outside of Reykjavik. And that's uh, a lot linked to the housing market, market yeah, as well. Yeah. So they can keep their jobs in Reykjavik, but then um, they move outside of Reykjavik, get a like, cheaper house, um, something that they can afford, but they, they have to commute. Yeah. Uh, but then maybe one of the, if it's a pair, they one of them like commutes and the other one can maybe work from home or something yeah. like that so that's also what people do to kind of and they do that yeah i guess around the world as well yeah but the then there, costs yeah, yeah yeah but then there's always like this this time and in, in, in the car that yeah. is also time and, yeah. and what are you willing is, to give up in yeah essence, right? yeah yeah but here it's it's kind of different because um Isafir is six hours away from Reykjavik. Yeah. So you really kind of you have to cut the string. Yeah. Between Reykjavik and and, and yourself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um but Isafir is like a place that is quite vibrant. There's a lot of things happening compared to how small it is. Yeah. And actually just ridiculous how many things like you can actually <laughs> find here. Yeah. Um and I think key thing, especially for people um, around the 30s kind of feel more like they want to be here is that it wasn't until like maybe I can't I can't remember when but it's, it hasn't been for that many years that now there's actually university faculty here mm, okay. so there there now it used to be like you could hardly find people that were between 20 and 30 years old because they would all go away for studies yeah but now when they started this, faculty here that is it's kind of like a part of the university in Akureyri mm-hmm. yeah I think it made a lot of difference maybe a few years back when they started this course for it's a master's course mm-hmm. 
So we have more people in this age between mm. maybe 25 and 30 or even younger. Who are coming here to seek this yes. degree. Yes. Basically. So even though they're not that many, maybe 20, 30 people. But it adds really, to the town. It does. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I think that makes it more interesting also for for other people to be here when yeah. there is like young people to show up in, on a pub quiz or yeah. something like that. Exactly. Yeah. I think you make a good point about the housing situation. Yeah. Because uh, I I try to keep up with the news just to kind of like see what's going on. Yeah. And sometimes on Instagram, like on Sundays, I do this like news roundup. And mm-hmm. I've seen, a, like at least for the last year, the talk about more need for affordable housing yes. in the Reykjavik area. Yeah. And only now that we've had this COVID situation has there been like, okay, well, the government is going to do this thing where first time home buyers can get 20% from the government. Like as a, mm. it's not a set, it's a loan, but there's no interest on it. Yeah. But that's not been the case beforehand, right? And people were, a lot of people, whether they were foreigners or young, you know, or even older, like they just couldn't save up enough of the money. Yeah. Because... Especially not when they were renting. Right, exactly. It's yeah. just, it costs so much yeah. to want, if you want to live anywhere near the downtown area, it's yeah. quite ridiculous to rent. Yeah. And so I, I can definitely see that. And a friend of mine actually moved to Sudadeli. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, they got a big house. Yeah. For so much, it was like a fraction of the cost that you would pay yeah. in the Reykjavik area. And she's just like, and also some what you're saying, like her kids run around, there is no like necessarily worries not to say that there aren't people that you have to watch out for but Mm -hmm. it's like you know i know who those people are exactly (laughs) so it's just like so it's kind of fascinating too that i could see that say if you're like younger you've been working hard in school you have a job and you're just like i want to live affordably be able to use my money you know well here because Mm -hmm. it's quite expensive to go out for instance or to do other things and you have to pay rent and all that yeah um absolutely and if you don't have to pay that much off for house, yeah. it gives you also financial more financial freedom. So that definitely is a burden that you can kind of just like swipe off, yeah. take off your chest. <laughs> exactly. Um, which is a good thing. But it, of course it depends on work. I don't know. It's. I think it's just there is a big window opening now. Mm-hmm. And especially with the COVID. So... Maybe I'm just being very optimistic, but I, I I want to believe that people, young people, will be given more opportunities to move to wherever yeah. where they want to live and find like better quality of life and just more peace. Yeah. Um. And do the work from there. There are people that have been doing this through the years, moving here and taking the work with them, and usually it has worked out fine. Yeah. Um, because so many jobs are like that and when you're not and so many offices nowadays in Reykjavik have like these open space right. offices and that doesn't suit everyone no. so I know that in co- in the COVID times here in, in Iceland there were a lot of people that just got so used to working at home and really liked it and have kind of just asked for like a part of their agreement for their job or something yeah, that it's going to be an option yeah, for them, at definitely. least. As long as they just deliver. And, right, and I think exactly. a lot of people just deliver more when they get a piece of quiet. Yeah, it's yeah. funny that you say that about the open floor plan yeah. in offices. Because the places where I've worked, it's been like that. Yeah. And there's always like, okay, we need to you know make sure you have headphones, make sure you can go to a place. And I've often had to go away from my desk to finish getting work done. Yeah. And... 
there was an article about the fact that open office plans are terrible yeah. and that how it had become this trend i think it was like a google thing or whoever like companies started it you know yeah. and then it's like everyone jumped on the trend and it's like actually this is not good for for every situation just because it you know in essence it looks like it cuts down on some things like you know yeah. have to build all these walls and stuff but some people need their space <laughs> and yeah. some people need to be able to concentrate and taking up meeting rooms like mm-hmm. just so you can get work done isn't probably necessary either, but no. yeah. And I struggled a lot when I went into the head office in, in yeah. um, Reykjavik to work. I just, I, it took me a few hours just to get used to the open work space. Yeah. And like so used, I, I was so used to the, the silent here. Yeah. But then with the housing, of course, like it re- really is a key factor that um, I bought a house here. Uh, because the, the rental market was kind of I didn't find it fair compared to the real estate prices mm, like okay. the real estate prices here were very low when I moved here um, but then I found it quite expensive to rent okay. so I ca- like after calculating for five minutes or less <laughs> a minute <laughs> like, it was obvious that yeah. uh, if I would find the house yeah. um, it would make more sense to buy it right. than uh, if I could yeah then renting so when i'd been here for half a year this house came on the real estate web and i was just like that is my house awesome okay (laughs) so it's a very old house it's one of the oldest houses in iceland that is privately owned and Mm. still a person living in in it yeah it they don't know it's not known like when exactly it was built okay but it was probably built around 1800 okay so that is old in iceland yeah because yeah. people lived in mud houses yes. those days <laughs> that's true yeah. yeah and this was not the, like a rich man's house okay. it's it's very like um small with very low ceilings yeah and and probably at least three families lived here right, usually yeah. at, at the same time um and it, but it has a very nice soul in it yeah. and it has taken care of hundreds of people probably yeah that's amazing uh yeah a lot of character too it, it yeah it has so it needed a little bit of of care like she really took good care of it the lady that lived here before me but i think she she tried to do as much as she could by herself but it had it kind of had maybe reached the point that that wasn't enough it yeah. needed some like professional um carpentry yeah stuff that like isn't for every like i i wouldn't be able to do those yeah. things the so everyday it, person's not gonna come in with their youtube videos and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like fix up the house you know, a professional mm-hmm. yeah, yeah like yeah so there were there were things like that i needed like new windows and stuff yeah. like that that's something you can't work out yourself right. or yeah. you shouldn't probably you know, there are there's a reason i know why. people who do yeah <laughs> and you know I think that they're great. But in Isafjörður. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. The winters here are intense. Yeah, I think you would regret it. Yeah, like, probably. At least, like, well, oh, if no. you would have a lot of time in your life. Yeah. And to watch all the, the YouTube videos about like how to build a, a window. Yeah. And I actually started studying carpentry. Yes. Just because I was like, I need to be able to do stuff by myself. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I finished one year. And I was, I was planning to continue this year, but... Um, in the end I was like maybe I should just spend the time on my house instead mm. of like building 
another house. Yeah. Which is the was the project for this year. Ah, okay. Like building a small house, and I was like, I want to build my house. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so that's the plan now. Keep okay. on, keep on working on it. Yeah, yeah. great. So well, it's yeah. coming along for sure. Yeah. And had you like, if you hadn't lived here, do you think it would have been possible for you to buy a place in the Reykjavik area? Like meaning, I mean, obviously, I'm not trying to get into your finances, but just the idea yeah. of it, right? Um, like, it would have felt not different without help. Yeah. Okay. Because, um, for example, like working for a national broadcasting service, it's not well paid job. Yeah. It's like one of those government jobs that some are probably well paid but like I didn't I didn't get paid for shifts or anything like mm-hmm. that which sometimes like pulls up your your salary yeah but I don't know how I would have gotten by with my salary in Reykjavik probably just not yeah like I would probably have given up yeah. quite quite soon okay so I uh, no definitely not yeah that is pretty fascinating too because I'm wondering like, do you know which areas people are going to? Because obviously some people might be coming here, but there's so many different potential yeah. places to go around the country. Yeah, so I you... think, I think, of course, like, people tend to go to places where they have some connections. Yeah. But Isafirder somehow, it's it's not only people that have connections to Isafirder that are moving here. Somehow it's it's it seems to be just people that, want to be here so um so there has been always like in this discussion uh it's always like we have to make this place in a way that like our young people will return Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the official discussion so often and i know that people like young people from here they kind of like get a little bit they get this suffocating feeling that they're expected to come back and if they don't they're kind of failing the society yeah. and that like the the population is going down because of them not returning and I think that's not fair yeah. I think it should always just be thought as a place where people want to live in general that the, it has some qualities that might be what people are looking for from like wherever they live in the country yeah so and I think that has been the case for Isafirder mm-hmm. because I like a lot of my friends here are people that uh, didn't have any connections here. They're just like, mm. oh, Isafirder is an interesting place. I I might move there, and it's also because there is there is a lot of like things people seek for. Um, for example, people or like families with children. Mm-hmm. There's like music schools and most sports and and they can like d- do dance lessons. Yeah. There's like most things that that kids want to do are here so they might not feel like um they're holding anything away from the kids by living here yeah. so i think that is one of the reason why a lot of people want to move here but then people are just like curious yeah and i know people that moved to Thinkere, yeah uh, which is a, a much tiny smaller, much yeah. tinier village <laughs> And they just want to get, try it out. They had yeah. a young young son, and and they he applied for a job there, and they decided to move from downtown Reykjavik to yeah, there. Yeah. I lived there for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, they moved back now, but that's also fine. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't be. Uh, I don't feel like it should be like this absolute decision. Yeah. Like, and it kind of annoys me when people like, 
how long are you gonna stay or mm. like how long are you moving for it's like why should we decide on that yeah why don't i just like go and check how i feel and i didn't mean to stay here for five years when i moved <laughs> here i was just gonna try it out yeah and then i liked it and then i felt like oh no i'm not ready to leave like oh i'm gonna stay a little bit longer yeah. and then i got to know my partner when i had been here for a year and he was actually living in reykjavik okay. but worked part time for his dad that has a company here yeah so i had spoken to him on the phone and we had some friends here in common and and then when i got together with him i i got a family-in-law here which okay. really definitely has kept me here more than like other things probably because it was so nice to have a family that didn't see me as the news reporter mm, yeah. just like they were just my family yeah and even like my my grandmother-in-law she would like <laughs> over dinner start telling me the news that i had been reporting <laughs> and i was like oh that's great she doesn't connect at all she's like i i saw it on the news that this and this happened and i was like wow really oh i want to I wonder where that came from. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, I told you that, technically. Yeah. <laughs> no. But I really liked it because yeah. she, was, she wasn't making the connection. Yeah. And that meant that she, I was there as a part of the family right. and not as the news reporter. Yeah, that's nice. Which yeah. did get tiring like when because I didn't know anyone here right. at all when I came here. And, and I had been here maybe a week and I would be defined as the news reporter for the National Broadcasting Service and I, and that was something that was such a new role in my life yeah. and suddenly I was defined by it just and I was like what about the other 29 years I lived before this week <laughs> so I have so many other yeah. passions yeah. and things that I do yeah but yeah. that was yeah that kind of became my identity yeah. just the the moment I moved here yeah but I definitely would have gotten so tired of it uh, or much sooner mm-hmm. if, if it wasn't for my my family-in-law yeah yeah okay so we have like this fascinating juxtaposition of their kids or people who are from these small towns who end up wanting to leave which makes mm-hmm. sense right and then you have like people who are from Reykjavik area being mm-hmm. like and I would like to get out of there and yeah. like exp- you know so it's like yeah kind of fascinating but I think now it's it's more appealing for people from here yeah to move here because of the other people yeah so they don't feel like they may be moving here to hang out with the same people they hung out with their the whole childhood right definitely not if they didn't identify with them exactly but now there's just so many other people and for example, uh, my partner's friend came for a barbecue. I think it was last summer, and he was he was so surprised by all the young people there, and he kept on asking people like, "So you live here as well, and you live here?" <laughs> because in his mind, he felt that he knew everyone his age that lived in the pa- mm-hmm. in the town. Yeah. And when he thought about moving back to the town, he only thought about like these few faces that he knew since he was a kid. Right. So he didn't picture the town that it could have anything else or anything new Mm -hmm. because he felt he he knew it all. Right. So I think it was quite surprising for my partner, Oscar, uh, when he moved back as well. He had said to his mom that he was never going to move back in his life. So she was very surprised. She was like, oh, yeah this is serious yeah, exactly. <laughs> when he decided to come back and 
And I think he would admit that he is he was surprised as well. Yeah. How much was actually going on, how much social life there was, how many um, people were active and all sorts of things. A lot of like outdoors stuff. Yeah. A lot of outdoors. It's so close. I mean, yeah. it's literally right here. The mountains are here. Like, it's so cool to um, do both um, alpine skiing and, and this um, downhill. track. Yeah, yeah downhill yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, skiing. And then, like, the cross-country skiing yeah. area here is great. So it's perfect for that. Um, more and more people are finding new climbing routes. Yeah. Um, so there's, mountain like, biking. Mountain like, biking is like huge. Insane. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. The amount of people, like, even this summer, I saw so many people in Iceland yeah. going around with their mountain bikes. And I tried it, and I was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah. no, that's not for me. No, I but, haven't gotten into yeah. it. But this is paradise for people to do mountain biking. Yeah. So, so definitely, there's so much... Uh, it's this is like a big playground. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot to mention that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is a, like a big playground, and I know a lot of people that really are outdoors people. They love that they are capable of like finishing the work at four or five, and five minutes later they're like doing what they love. Yeah. Like skiing or biking or whatever yeah. it is. That is so, so like in my brain. It sounds very appealing, but the winters, right? So I'm just going to ask about that yeah. because I think we have to talk about it. Yeah. Because once you go outside, and I'm not saying regular winters are great or anything. No. But when you're in fjords like this, mm-hmm. or if you go like east, west, whatever, yeah. you're bound to have potentially like a lot of snow or, yeah. you know, really yeah. cold and stuff like that. So how, how is that getting yeah. this time of winters? So here in East Africa, we don't see the sun for two months. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's horrible. Intense. <laughs> okay. So it's there, but because the mountains are so steep, it doesn't reach. It doesn't like go reach, over. Yeah. No, it doesn't go over the mountain. It doesn't reach the village. So you can find it if you like drive up a mountain, but usually the roads are not open during winter. So like, <laughs> that's even it's crazy. It's be, like, yeah. well, sorry, you're trapped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it it is like. People vary. Like some people feel like very cozy. How close the mountains are. How yeah. they they kind of feel like they're they're being held by mountains. Mm. I don't feel like okay. that. <laughs> I sometimes just like look at the mountains and I'm just like, oh my god, I can't breathe. Yeah. I I just like it's. It feels a little suffocating to me when you said like yes. the, the road closes and you can't go to get yeah, the sun. Like yeah. that part's like oh whoa yeah. okay. You have to go off the best first kind yeah, of to, to yeah. find the sun. But like it is in some fjords definitely. It just kind of depends on how how the directions of the fjord yeah. is and the opening of this fjord is towards north. Yeah. So yeah, we're definitely not gonna see the sun. Yeah. So it's two months that we don't see it and it's. Yeah, it's. I find it hard. I feel like we should just be hibernating and not doing anything. <laughs> um, but sometimes, like you just go into the period and you're just like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I'm. I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. You kind of just gonna float and then keep on floating. It's like it's 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 almost there. Like twenty fifth of January is almost there. Okay, and then. <laughs> I mean, at least you have Christmas, right? So you we, have yeah, this... you have you have Christmas, but yeah. January is the longest yes. month of all months. Yeah. Definitely here. Yep. So when the sun finally arrives, if it's not cloudy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's usually just then I feel like I can breathe again. Yeah. It's okay. and then you feel how hard it has been. Okay. And that's how I feel, but. 
I, I can't get used to it. Yeah. But I have to say, though, that people ask me, like, how, how is it moving from Reykjavik to Isafjörður? Like, it must be such a difference with the, with the cold, with the snow. And I'm like, actually, like, the big jump for me was moving from Berlin to Isafjörður. Mm. Or to Iceland. Yeah. Not necessarily Reykjavik, Isafjörður. That's the big difference. Because I I experienced the dark and and the kind of wet, dark months in Reykjavik. Yeah. I found them also quite challenging. Yeah. And hard. So, and there I kind of felt that it was always just like high tempo, kept on going. But sometimes I feel like here people embrace it a little bit more, Mm -hmm. that it is just hard times and there is a lot of snow and you might not get where you want to go. And I feel like people kind of just like slow slow down their tempo. And yeah, I think it's better that people just kind of curling and being nice to each other instead of like trying to keep on going 100%. Yeah, like pushing through it. Yeah, almost. pushing yeah. through it and kind of without acknowledging and, and without kind of admitting that mm. it's affecting you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. then there are people that just really love it. I'm not one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so you have, obviously, it's good that you have your pros and cons because I feel like that can be the like people have their, you know, halo effect of a place. Yeah. And that can wear off for anybody. But I, mean, I, I can also, like, there are things that are not, yeah. like, perfect. Yeah. Of course. Like, in a way, there are things that are a little bit more old-fashioned in Isafjörður. One of those things is that I found it quite hard when I moved here as a single woman. Mm. And I know that this is a common story for single women moving to the countryside. Okay. I'm not the only only one like that I know of that had has experienced this. It's kind of like in in Iceland we have I feel like we are quite ultra like fashioned in like this idea of families. Mm-hmm. That there's like or it's changing very fast now. But for a long time it was just like this ideal family mm. pattern and I feel like we're still a little bit like that in the countryside like oh, in, country, in, 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 the, in the fjords and in, in the villages so here as a single woman I felt like people didn't know where to place me mm-hmm. and I was always being like rumored with someone oh weird and I couldn't like I couldn't walk on out on the street with my cousin or a friend or whomever without like hearing gossip about it like a few days later like oh Hatla and this guy and I'm like what he's like my childhood friend yeah, and like, he has a girlfriend yeah. and like there's nothing going on mm. why so I I got very tired of that and my first year I was just it's like unnecessary drama <sighs> Yeah, definitely. And just hearing this gossip about yourself. And I <laughs> I think, like, maybe a little bit that has to do with that I was uh, obviously a, kind of like a um, public person. Yeah. Um, but also, I felt like people just didn't know how to place me in this society where it was supposed to be in a w- some specific way. Yeah. I mean, it's probably in their minds maybe easier... You know, to be like, oh, she's in a relationship. You know, like this, if that makes sense, yeah. right? Because I and mean, that's how I felt. Like yeah. when I got together with Oscar, I felt like people were just like, oh yeah, okay, that's this. Yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah. somehow I just felt more 
easy with I didn't I stopped hearing gossip yeah. about myself okay. and stuff like that. So I found that quite hard yeah. when I moved here by myself. Mm. And I heard this from other people as well, or like that are have been yeah. especially women. Yeah. Young women. It's expected in that yeah. way and it kind of is that, you know, yeah. patriarchal mindset of yeah. like women should have a partner and guys can kind of go through this period if they feel like it of sleeping around and do whatever but it's like let's just say you want to do that mm-hmm. right maybe in a smaller town like this yeah, it would be it's like probably hard. yeah because it's only yeah. so many people also. yeah <laughs> right? absolutely. So it's like, yeah yeah and there is a uh and it is much easier because for example here and, and when i when i moved into this house it was so lovely to um figure out like how well like how nice it is to have good neighbors mm. here you really get to know how it is having look, people looking after each other. So I had been here for a few days when when there was a storm coming and I and I ran out to to tie all this what do you call these trolleys that we we pull we put on our car. Yeah, yeah, like a hitch in the yeah. back of your car. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I had borrowed one to do some stuff here. I was tearing down some stuff and taking it to the dumpsters and stuff like that, and I. And I heard that the wind was kind of picking up and I ran outside. And then someone else had, like, just arranged it. Oh, nice. Like, yeah, it was tied to get to a a light pole. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. Yeah. So, uh, and they're really, really, like, supportive and and so good friends. And I have, I have kind of, like, this, my my fake grandparents, like, (laughs) two houses from here. And they are just my, my, like, biggest allies here wow. like they're so good friends nice. and they they were like we, we have space in our our life for, for another grandchild Aww. so so i was like oh i do have space for some <laughs> i haven't had grandparents since i was like quite young yeah. so so i was like oh that's, so that's the good. other thing it's like people are in your business but also like in a good way too yeah right? it can be yeah. but one of the funniest thing is that like those that couple that lives two houses from from me and they were actually the people that sold me this house oh wow. it belonged to her sister okay um so they showed me the house or she did and decided that they want to sell me the house they've been married probably for like 60 years or something wow. really yeah. in this town that's so interesting yeah like, i'm sure the things that they've seen yeah so they they've been living there since 1972 wow and uh, once I, I came outside in the morning and I, I had been dating Oscar for two weeks probably like very short time yeah and he had stayed over probably like two times or mm-hmm. something and, and I came out and I was alone and I meet Bjorsi he's the guy yeah and he's a, he's a smoker so he was he was standing there smoking and, and his wife Ella she was in, in Reykjavik and I asked her Asked him, like, oh, hi, Bessie, how's it going? Have you heard from Ella? Is she doing fine? And he's like, yeah, she's fine. What's up with Oscar? Ah! <laughs> and I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, what? And he was just like, he was kind of funny when he asked me. Um, and it was also because Oscar, he's a relative to Oscar. Okay, okay. So he knew who you, who you are. Yeah. But I was like, this... It's not the same yeah. question. <laughs> like I was asking you about your wife that you've been with like for sixty years, yeah. and you asked me about, about the guy that I literally just started dating. Like, 
Oh my god. They're all like, we hope this works out. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about it? And I was like, okay, this is too much. Yeah. But thankfully it just worked out fine. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but this definitely must be so tying for people that are like, maybe in a different time of their life. So yeah. maybe I wouldn't recommend moving to the countryside until you are like, you've gotten over the the kind of living your life yeah all over the place yeah because there's a good chance that people well people are watching quite obviously yeah Yeah. and just if you don't want to have your neighbors very involved in your love life (laughs) then maybe this is not a good idea yeah yeah but since then it's been fine yeah which is something you don't know until you do it or or hear this at least this podcast (laughs) yeah Yeah. so that is definitely like not a pro for everyone yeah yeah that's yeah. a that's a bit tougher because i feel like in one of the positives sometimes about cities is mm-hmm. that you can just really be your own self and people Absolutely. are so busy with their lives that they don't yeah. i mean people notice of course but it yeah. isn't the same you know yeah. but at the same time it's like you're not gonna have always that same like people caring mm-hmm. too right no, like yeah. where i live in yeah. an apartment building we know our neighbors and like there's like a owner's association you know we all get together and talk about like repairs you want to do but we're very off in our own worlds Mm -hmm. you know we're not like inviting people over all the time and in the building specifically it kind of feels like you want to keep your space yeah and i think that is a city mentality a lot of the times absolutely and you probably know that from new york oh yeah absolutely which is interesting because like I mean, that's a different story for another day, but, like, my parents were so involved in the community, yeah. so they ended up knowing a lot of our neighbors, yeah. and later on becoming friends with them, but, like, initially, when you move, it isn't the normal thing to be like, no. everybody welcome, you know, like, let's yeah. go and, like, invite this person over. It's, like, after time, you've gotten to trust the person, you see, like, from a distance that they're a good yeah. person, you c- might start interacting with them, or you need something, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I lived three years in Berlin, and I knew one of my neighbors, yeah. and it was, like, quite many apartments in that hallway yeah yeah so it's a very different yes different context absolutely and this has been super fascinating especially in this case and i'm just wondering too about the dating life here because like in reykjavik or new york city that people are using what is that app called um tinder tinder yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're using tinder Mm -hmm. using you know whatever Bumble, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't been on a dating app in seven years. <laughs> like, actually, I don't. Yeah, in seven Tinder years. Tinder wasn't even a very. I don't think it I, existed. I think it might have just been started. started yeah. yeah. I mean, are people doing that? Are they like using Tinder, or are they just going to the local pub quiz? And, like, I don't know. Like... like, because I was, I was only single for a few months when I was here. <laughs> okay. Um, but I remember that I opened Tinder, and. I was, the market was, like, had gone by mm. um, maybe in three minutes or something. Wow. <laughs> you yeah, know? you're like, all right, well, So well. few people. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, how, like, and then the range, you could, like, I don't know how it is today, but, like, the maximum range was maybe 200 kilometers or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's maybe the best words in total. And you're just like, is that all? <laughs> <laughs> So I yeah. remember that I, I turned it on maybe two times when I was here, but I would turn it on when I went to Reykjavik. Yeah. Um, because I also found it weird that people here would kind of see me on Tinder. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want want to be on Tinder. And it, it was enough that I couldn't like walk out on the streets. Without people knowing. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. Or kind of suggesting or, or 
making assumptions that I was dating that person, which I was usually not. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I yeah. So I didn't. I didn't give it a go that much, uh-huh. but I don't know. I think you can probably find most of the people that might be in your kind of in those in that same interest of dating or something yeah. quite easily yes okay. if you are looking yeah and what about other places in the country like would do you see yourself ever living in another part of the countryside in another mm. region or I've sometimes other? thought about that uh, how it would be and I, I wouldn't mind giving it a go but I would always do it the same way I would like move there and like I did with this place like mm-hmm. I, I just rented the first place I rented was with furniture so I would go there and try to rent something with furniture and and just try it out yeah and just find out how you feel about the place and if you kind of can fit yourself to the place I admire people that kind of just like put their finger on a map and say I'm gonna move there yeah which is like People, yeah. yeah, yeah, people do that. I know a person who did it, and I, I was like, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... yeah, exactly. I met one yesterday, probably okay. maybe the same person that you were talking about. I don't know. Yeah. So people do do that, but I I don't think I could. I would always have to kind of fit myself to the yeah. place. Agreed. So that's why I'm still here, because it just was a fit. Um, when I applied for a job, I also applied for for like similar position in the east mm-hmm. and I was willing to give it a go yeah I didn't I didn't pick Isafir necessarily as the place to go to yeah um I thought I was going to the east to begin with but then it was just like uh I remember they'd called me on a Friday and told me so we 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 want you for this position in the east mm-hmm. but it was it wasn't a full-time position it was a 50 percent uh, okay and it, and it was an additional position to the one that was there okay. working for Ruth. Yeah. And she was like, mm, but I just want to like ask you, my my boss asked like, would you consider like taking a full time job in Isafirder? Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's another side of the country. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I know, but I just thought I would ask. Yeah. And. <laughs> And just though, and she's like, I'll, I'll I'll let you think about it over weekend. Yeah. And then I was just like, hmm, why not? So that's how it came about. Yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't necessarily that I was gonna move to East Philly. Yeah. I planned to go to the yeah. East. I was just so open to trying out living somewhere else than Reykjavik. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it was just how it happened, and not yeah, it was a decision over weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. you're predicting that this is going to continue. I mean, you're also like more with your finger, your finger on the pulse because yeah. you're, you know, listening to news. But also in your age group, you're hearing about and seeing people do this. Yeah. Yeah. So you're. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I know also that they, when they have positions now opening up in like new jobs in yeah. in the town, at least like some. I don't know. It might depend on on the type of a job, but I know that the meteorology office uh, had two jobs opening like few months back and they had quite a lot of applications and that were people that was people like willing to move to Isafirder and wanting to move to Isafirder so 
like before I know that that was kind of the rumor that like no one would apply right yeah. that like it didn't make a difference if you had a job opening because no one would apply yeah but um I think it's not the case anymore I think people are curious about like yeah changing their rhythm of life seeing if they can find different like or develop more quality in their life yeah. and um, definitely for outdoors people this is just like a big playground yeah absolutely so I think definitely uh, people have just become more open minded about it yeah I have a friend who moved to Siklufjörður yeah that's another playground yeah it's super nice and yeah. we went to visit over the summer and of course again another fjord where it's like whoa okay yeah. all, I think I think they also bake sun um, sun pan- pancakes <laughs> when the sun returns they bake cute. pancakes <laughs> at least they do it here okay oh that's a tradition to yeah it's like, a tradition Aww. when the sun shows up you bake pancakes <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like it. You gotta. Yeah. Ce- I mean, it's definitely worth celebrating. <laughs> yeah, so it's like officially, it's like the Sunday. Yeah. Uh, is I think it's the twenty fifth rather than the twenty sixth of January, and it's when the sun reaches a street called Solgata, which just yeah. means the sun street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, but the like the technically the rule is that when the sun shines on your house, yeah. you're allowed to ban- bake ca- pancakes. Oh. So people that live, for example, a little bit closer to the mountain, I think the sun comes a little bit earlier to them. Okay. It comes quite late to this place. Yeah. So uh, I have to wait <laughs> until I bake my pancakes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But like officially, it's, it's this 25th January and that's kind of like a day that people celebrate. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, Sigrid is like that as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. I was super surprised that she has a young child, but I think just in general, she was just so happy mm-hmm. to have moved there. She works at the museum. Yeah. The herring. There you yeah. go. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. think of the name of the fish. Yes. Yeah. So she works at the herring museum. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where she just feels like this was the right decision. So it's kind yeah. of funny to me, like how some people are more in tune with it. Maybe like you, you're actually noticing, and then other people, it's just kind of happening within them like as a generation it feels uh, like there yeah. is just this uprising of like let's just go out into the countryside when yeah. before maybe their parents generation beforehand had been like we need to move to the regular area you know so I, I don't know like maybe it's not the trend like but i my feeling yeah. is that it is a trend yeah. I, f- I feel it's so much more and i met i met my neighbors they're summer neighbors they're mm-hmm. like here during summer okay. that live two houses away from me and they were telling me today that they live in England and that they've now been speaking about, like, talking about it, like, maybe we should move to Isafjörður. But 20 years ago, they gave it a try and they were like, no. Yeah. But they uh, were telling me, like, but it's so different now. There's so many people, like, your age that are here and, like, a lot of people doing interesting stuff. Yeah. And it's a very different atmosphere to what we experienced before. So it's not only me yeah. saying this. I hear this. I, I get it confirmed yeah. by, by so many people. So I think, yeah. So I think it's real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate you sharing your experience. We've kind of gotten a little bit of insight on life here. Especially yes. <laughs> from the perspective of like you having been single too in that aspect of it. Yeah. And then also just being a person in this town and new to the town. Yeah. And how it 
the town embraced you, mm-hmm. which I think is really sweet. And that, that it did, definitely did. And I think it has also something to do with the size of the town. Mm-hmm. I think when towns get like a bit bigger, like for example, Akureyri, Reykjanesbær, mm-hmm. those places where it's maybe like 20,000 people mm-hmm. and not like 3,000 people like here. Yeah. I think that really makes a difference. Like it's it's not as cozy, yeah, and not as like it doesn't kind of hold you in this in the same way. But but then of course it, it um, depends on where you live in the towns, yeah. neighborhoods, characters, exactly luck. Mm-hmm. very true mm-hmm. but before we end yes I have one last question for you okay <laughs> which is what is your favorite Icelandic word or phrase it's hard to come up with something but I've heard people saying quite a lot lately er a meðan er er a meðan er it just means er. like it is while it is yeah er a meðan er Er á meðan er. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. Uh, so it's kind of... I've, I've been hearing people saying this lately because it's it's really relevant to um, the COVID situation. Mm-hmm. It's just like, this is what we can do with what we have right now. Yeah. But I, I kind of like it because it kind of tells you also, like, don't think too far ahead. Mm-hmm. Just stay a little bit. In the present. In the present. Yeah. So I've heard people using this phrase. It's not like a very common phrase, and I don't even know if it's right. <laughs> or if it's a, a, a something that people say. Yeah, it is something in English that we say. Well, how do you say it? It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Literally, like, I mean, you know, that's, it is one of those situations where you just, not that you gave but, up but, on it, but it's like, there's not a whole lot that you can do. So you just mm-hmm. kind of are in it, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. But I think, like, it's, um, there's, it's a, it's a verb. In, mm. in Icelandic. Okay. Er is just like to be. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's like being in the being. You know, it's yeah. kind of like uh, be while it's, while it's there. Kind okay. of. So it's not, we also have that it, it is what it is. Yeah. But it's more like, um, it doesn't have this uh, time in it mm, okay so there's kind of like this time factor with with this air man air yeah okay yeah that's amazing which is it kind of takes you to this kind of this living in the moment yeah thingy okay. yeah well thank you Hapla you're welcome nice nice talking to you Likewise. <laughs>